Hi everyone, this is Matt Price, host of Dynasty Game Night. My co-host John Bosch and I created this podcast for one reason, to focus on fun. After all, fun is the reason we all started playing fantasy football in the first place. I love games of all sorts, card games, board games, video games, really any kind of game you can think of. So one day, John and I decided it was time for a podcast where we just play games. You might learn something along the way, but you won't find much hard-hitting analysis here. Check out all the other incredible podcasts DLF has to offer for that sort of thing. On Dynasty Game Night, our primary focus is to entertain. So if you like playing games or watching game shows, this might just be the podcast for you. We'd love for you to give it a listen and play along with the contestants and maybe even win a chance to be on the show. And a DLF family of podcasts. That's James the Brain. Travis, I'm enjoying a Coors Light right now. I think you are too, and we're the only ones not in the Rockies. Interesting. That's Travis the Beard. Hey guys, what did the little fishy say when he ran into a wall? I don't know. How's he running? God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> hey guys, what did the little fishy say when he swam into a wall? There we go. Damn. I don't know. <laughs> hey, that was actually pretty good. I am John Camper in Training Hogue, and this is the Super Flex Super Show. Heading into training camp in the NFL. What are we doing this week, Travis? So we have a special version of Top 6, Top 6. We each got our Top 6 buys and our Top 6 sells coming into training camp um so the players were looking to sell either before training camp or before the beginning of the season uh and then players were trying to buy before training camp we think their stock could rise the two qbs draft guide is here and you're super flex super friends here at the super flex super show we have an extra copy to give away it's 221 PDF pages of Superflex and 2QB strategy from Sal Stefanelli, Greg Smith, and the great staff at 2QBs.com, along with an all-star cast of contributors. With a Superflex DFS primer, 2QB strategy guides and discussions, a massive Superflex mock draft and recap, plus rankings, cheat sheets, and auction values, this is the tool to help you dominate your Superflex and 2QB drafts. And it's all on sale now at 2QBs.com for $19.99. And the best part is 10% of every copy sold goes to the National Coalition Against Domestic Violence. So order your copy now or enter to win a free copy from us. Here's the deal. In two weeks, we celebrate our 50th episode and one-year anniversary and we're celebrating by answering listener questions. So tweet, DM, email us your questions for that episode. We're at Superflex Show on Twitter, or email SuperflexSuperShow at gmail.com. And the best question, as determined by us, will receive this free copy of the 2QB Draft Guide. 
So fire your questions at us. Tune in for the 50th episode celebration and check out all the great things going on at 2QBs.com. Bring it back Super 6 and some You Are Nuts at the end yep. of this as well. That's what I was going to say. I forgot that one. Your, nu- <laughs> your nuts are at the end too. <laughs> Always. Don't you and- dare tell me where my nuts are. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, that totally threw me you off. Threw, okay. <laughs> John couldn't focus. He was just focusing on James's nuts. Yeah, that's what she yeah. said. Uh, <laughs> that no. That what? What? It keeps me up at night. All right. So before we get to that, though, let's do the unsurprising headline of the week with James the Brain. Yeah, this one comes from ex-Giants head coach Ben McAdoo, our favorite, well, my personal favorite. Just love the guy. Adore him. Um, this came from Ben McAdoo. Eric Flowers can't play either tackle spot. That, that, <laughs> now, now, take that with a grain of salt. What's because, he supposed to do then? Yeah, and Ben McAdoo is the guy who last year was the head coach of this team, and he consistently trotted Eric Flowers out to start at tackle. Right. <laughs> the, the, the fans and the team all knew that he should not be starting a tackle, but Ben McAdoo continued to trot him out and start him at tackle. So, yeah, I, I thought it was very interesting that uh, that Ben McAdoo now, at this point, after he lost his job, um, decided to, to out Eric Flowers. So, yeah, that was... Duh! Yeah, I don't even know what to do with that. I guess. <laughs> <laughs> no. Well, later later on, he actually he actually says about flowers, he can't bend. Uh, you got to be able to bend. He basically said that that you, you can just run around Eric Flowers. You can just run around him, just just like you can on the right side or the left. The only reason why he was better on the right side was because Eli could see it, which helped Eli. <laughs> well, that's nice so, of him. So that's yeah, brutal. This is a guy who, and he consistently trotted this guy out to start last year. So, so it looks like he think, finally, after he got fired, he finally watched some game film. As well. Yeah, yeah. It's it sounds like he finally came to the realization that uh, maybe, maybe, whoops, maybe I almost ended Eli's career several times because I trotted this guy out there. So, um, good luck trying to find a new coaching position, Ben McAdoo. I'm, I'm sure the teams are lining up after hearing this to to hire you. So. Nice. All right. All right, let's get started with our Super 6 heading into training camp. And we're going to start with some buys. And we split them up by by position. So let's start with you, Travis, with the running back position. All right, so six running backs I'm looking to buy going into training camp. Um, Number one, I kind of cheated already right off the bat. Um, It's Matt Breda slash Joe Williams and... Really, this is because one of them, if not both, probably one is gonna pop in train or in training camp and preseason, and I, I think that we're gonna start to see, you know, maybe I don't know. I mean, Jerick McKinnon isn't gonna be a ninety percent touch player. That's not gonna happen. So there's gonna be another guy in this backfield that has some value, and I think that we're gonna start seeing who that is in you know, training camp and preseason and the one of these two's value will rise significantly, I think. Um, if you guys have any sort of, you know, preference, let me know because I could just flip a coin on those two, honestly. Um, 
My second buy is my boy Royce Freeman. No surprise here. And really, it's just a matter of I think that he's really there's a lot of people that doubt that he is really any good. There's a lot of people that doubt he's going to take the job. And I think that when we start getting into these preseason games, I think that the the hype is going to build around him. And so he's going to have an increase in value in, as well. And that's really what this whole list is about is people that I, th- I feel that their in their value will increase over the next several weeks. Um, so number three is Kenneth Dixon, uh, James or John, I know you're going to agree with me on that one. Uh, I think that, you know, Alex Collins right now is viewed as the starting running back in Baltimore, but uh, I definitely don't think that we th- are thinking that he is any sort of, you know, like steadfast option. Like his job is absolutely up for grabs. And Kenneth Dixon is the guy that they drafted to, to come in there. He was out last year, obviously. And so now coming in healthy, I mean, he could make, he could make a run for that job as well. Um, the fourth running back I've got is Aaron Jones and people could give me some crap for this one because I think he's, he's already suspended for the first, I think it's two games, right? Yeah, so he's going to be starting the season at a disadvantage uh, compared to Jamal Williams and Ty Montgomery. But I just, I really think he's the most talented player, and he's not suspended from preseason. So I, th- we're going to get to see him there, and I think that he's going to show that talent that we saw last year, and and we're going to get excited about him again. Um, number five is Tariq Cohen, and no surprise that this is coming from me being the uh, Jordan Howard hater that I have been for such a long period of time. Um, But with this new offense that they're installing, the new offensive coordinator, I I believe it's going to be more creative and they're going to be able to use this, this weapon that they have on their team. He's not going to be the starting running back by any means. Jordan Howard is going to get more carries than him. That's, I mean, you know, pretty obvious, I think to most people. Uh, but I think that Tariq Cohen is absolutely the more electric player, and I think that they're going to be able to use him, and he's going to he's going to run a couple. I mean, he's going to rattle off some big ones in the preseason, and you know the hype is going to just blow up from there. And then, kind of the same thing with my next guy. It's Ito Smith, um, running back for the Falcons, and obviously he's blocked by not one but two guys. Uh, but he's going to get the ball. He's going to get to touch the ball in preseason games. And I just, I can totally envision a situation in which he has a couple, you know, 40, 50 yard touchdown runs and, or catches even. And, and, you know, again, the hype is just going to go crazy. So that's where I went with it. Let me, let me know what you guys think. Um, you probably hate them all and that's okay. (laughs) <laughs> it's no I'm actually on board with all these and I feel like you kind of wrote it uh just so that we could uh get through an episode without arguing too much so um the the, wow. the one I the one I have the hardest time with is actually Royce Freeman and I've said this before I mean the the my main issue with him is I don't I don't know for sure what he's going to be able to to do in pass protection and that's going to be that's going to be the key for the starting running back of the Broncos. I don't see Devontae Booker as a, you know, as an every down type of back, but he, you know, he's going to know the offense, he's going to know the the reads and he's going to be um you know, he's he's going to be a little bit more well versed when it comes to pass protection. And so I 
it's going to be hard to push him off the field. But, I mean, if Royce Freeman can pick that stuff up quickly, then uh, then I could see this happening for sure. Yeah, I, I got a second what John said. I don't hate the list at all. Um, the I mean, the, the one that I'll, I'll, I'll say I'm probably not on board with as much as you guys are is Aaron Jones. Um, and, again, I, I like Aaron Jones. I think it's just we've talked about it. I, I'm established as – saying that I think Jamal Williams is going to be the more valuable of those two backs. However, after the suspension, you might be able to get Aaron Jones at, at a better discount, and I still think he'll be valuable. I think he'll still have value, so I, I don't even hate that too much. But, um, yeah, I think it's a pretty good list, Travis, of guys that you can buy low that um, could could very easily outperform what you would pay to get them. So, no, I, I kind of like those buys. Wow, I'm going to have to go back and change a couple of them real quick so we can fight. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Why don't you do that? <laughs> well, well, your cells are coming up, and I have a feeling that uh, that that we'll be, we'll be button heads on a couple of those. So Fair enough. That's something, yeah. First, let's hear, let's hear James's buys on pass catchers, wide receivers, and tight ends. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, yeah, I had the wide receiver tight ends, and uh, I went um, I went with a few few different names. So uh, I'm going to start with Mike Williams, uh, the wide receiver for the uh, the LA Chargers. And uh, Mike Williams is a guy. I mean, obviously, he was an early pick. They they spent the seventh overall pick on him um, uh, in the uh, the draft a couple years ago. Um, he just he wasn't healthy last year, so it's really difficult to gauge what he's going to be and uh, how he can perform. Uh, Hunter Henry's injury opens up a ton of targets no matter who fills in whether it's Gates whether they re-sign Gates or or somebody else kind of fills that role there's a lot of targets that that can be can be had um, and I think a guy like Mike Williams who they spent a high pick on and has a, a pretty good pretty good draft pedigree I think it's going to get every opportunity to try to fill that void um, so really it's going to be on health I mean if he's healthy I think that he's a, he's a boomer busk type guy but I think because of the injury-riddled season last year, he could be had, obviously, this year, I think he can be had at a lower cost than he was last year when he was unproven as a rookie. So um, he's still unproven, but I, I still feel like now he's more obtainable after missing last year. So um, just a high boom-bust guy that I think you can get at a better price now. Uh, the second guy on my list is Matt Collins. I, I really like Matt Collins. He just he profiles really well to play on the outside. Um, and that's just it for me. Is uh, he's 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 a taller receiver. He's he's a bigger receiver. And I feel like the 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 optimal lineup for the for the Philadelphia Eagles is going to be playing Hollins on the outside opposite uh, Alshon Jeffrey and putting Nelson Aguilar in the slot. Um, so I think an increase in playing time. I think Matt Collins puts up some better numbers this year. Continues to progress in that offense. And I think right now he could be had for very minimal. I mean, there's there's not a you don't have to spend a lot to get Matt Collins at this point, and I think he's worth it. I think he's a guy that could outperform what you would have to spend to get him. So um, he's definitely a guy I'd be looking to buy, especially before preseason. I think uh, I think he can really um, start hitting in preseason, especially because, I mean, if Carson Wentz is ready and they're going to put him out there for a few games, that just means that guys like Matt Collins are going to get more playing time with Nick Foles, and I think they've already established a little bit of a repertoire. So I like that. Um, third name on here for me is Kevin White, and Kevin White – is interesting. Obviously, this guy was a high pick as well, so he has a lot of draft pedigree, um, but he just hasn't been healthy, and he's suffered some pretty major injuries. But when I look at him, I mean, you look at his player profiler, and you just see that he profiled. I mean, his spark score was in the 99th percentile. Um, his college dominator was great. His his size, his speed, everything was just yeah, unbelievable. But none, none of that matters, James. 
right? Well, uh, well, well, uh, when <laughs> I would say that, no, it's, it's not the end-all, be-all, <laughs> that's for sure. But, well, it's not the be-all, end-all. When you can have a guy who's in the 99th percentile for nothing. I mean, I, I just – this was Mr. Irrelevant in our Scott Fishbowl draft. I took him with the very last pick in the, the last round, the 22nd round. So, I mean, if this guy's not going to cost you anything. Really, I mean, to, to acquire. So I guess my thing is, is this a guy who, if he's healthy and if he can stay on the field, all he really has to do is beat out Taylor Gabriel for playing time. So he's a guy that could very easily be acquired for minimal minimal cost and could very easily outperform that if he stays healthy. So I know it's a big if, but it's definitely something that I'd be willing to, to look into considering his upside to what you would have to spend to get him. Uh, next, I'm going to go with a guy who's way off the radar, and this is a guy who I talked about a little bit, and I know John's going to disagree with me here, but Troy Fumagalli is a guy that, I mean, there is no, no call. I mean, just go pick him up. I mean, nobody owns him. He's on the waiver wire. This is a guy who I feel like if you go pick up, um, you know, you're, you're taking a flyer to see what's going to happen at that tight end position. Is Jake Bett um, fully healthy, and is he going to contribute it? And are, are they, you know, are they totally sold on him? Or can Troy Fumagalli carve out a role there? Um, I think that this passing offense is going to be better than most people think. And I also feel like if you look, um, Kyle Rudolph is pretty good in Minnesota. Uh, you know, So um, I, I think that if you, uh, if, if you really look at what Case Keenum can do there, I think he's going to use the tight end position. So Fumagalli's a deep sleeper. He's going to cost you nothing but a roster spot. I feel like if you can pick him up for nothing and just kind of ride it and see, see what's going to happen with that, um, he's worth he's worth a, a stash at this point. Uh, next guy I'm really high on is Kenny Galladay, and I know there's a lot of people that are high on Kenny Galladay, so you're probably not going to get him for a great price. But I, I part of this is okay. First of all, Eric Ebron didn't really get replaced in Detroit. I mean, uh, they didn't really bring in anyone that's going to fill those targets, so those targets are going to have to go somewhere. Thing is, is that you look at guys like Marvin Jones. Well, Marvin Jones last year. Um, he had 107 targets. He caught 61 of them. So his catch rate wasn't great. I mean, that's under 60%. Um, he was just really efficient. That's why Marvin Jones was decent. We'll talk about him a little later. But um, but his his targets were, you know, I, he didn't catch a lot of them. So uh, to be a more efficient type passer that Matthew Stafford's going to want to be in this this offense is going to want, I think they're going to have to look elsewhere. And I think Kenny Galladay is the perfect guy to, to, to absorb a lot of those targets. Um, he's a guy that can play in the slot. He's a guy who can play outside. He projects as a guy who could be really good in the red zone too, which is what they're going to miss with Ebron. So um, Golden Tate's an excellent route runner, um, but they don't really have a red zone threat. I think Kenny Galladay can fill that role too. So I, I, I look for Detroit to run more three wide receiver sets and Kenny Galladay to be on the field more. Um, in place of some of those those tight end targets that you would have saw uh, with uh, Eric Ebron on the field. So um, that's that's why I'm going to buy Kenny Galladay. I'm going to buy him on that, and I'm also going to buy him just on uh, pure upside. I think he has upside in that offense, and I feel like um, he'll be more efficient with his targets than uh, Marvin Jones will be. Um, and the last guy I'm buying is Gerald Everett, and I'm buying Gerald Everett right now because, uh, well, first of all, I mean, he's also an athletic freak. I mean, this is a guy who... Uh, he's 6'3", 239. He ran a 4.62, uh, com- you know, at the combine. Um, he's in the top 84th percentile spark score. Um, he had a great college dominator ranking. He just everything was was good. I mean, his worst his his worst uh, stat that you can see um, on PlayerProfiler.com. Um, he was in the 72nd percentile for speed score. Everything else was above that. Um, so athletically, he's gifted. 
I don't think there's a doubt about that, and I really feel like he's going to take a step forward. It's his second year in this offense, um, and uh, I think you know this is another year that him and Jared Goff can you know gel in this offense together. And I think that working the middle of the field is going to be really important for this Rams offense now that you see um, they bring in guys like Brandon Cooks and that sort of thing. Uh, I also feel like there's going to be more scoring opportunities there for the Rams, and that just means better things for the tight end who could be a red zone threat um and the reason why i think there's more scoring opportunities is the defense got better and so i could see the offense playing with shorter fields and uh getting the ball a few more times each game so um, gerald everett's a guy that i want to buy too i think you can get him pretty low as well um he's going pretty late in in uh, in a lot of drafts so um if, if you're in a startup you can get him fairly late and i think his upside is high enough at that tight end position to be a buy so you guys can kind of tell me what you think so far on uh, on my buys here I like I like most of them because they're just dirt cheap, um, and that's really the idea here: is you get something for basically free, and then even if you, you know, don't necessarily believe in the player, uh, you're you're going to see a value bump to where you could profit off of that at least. Um, so I, I like most like Mike Williams, Mac Hollins, Kevin White, Troy Fumagalli are all really bottom of the barrel at this point for as far as price goes. Um, so I'm on board with all those. I think I disagree with your Kenny Galladay versus Marvin Jones take. I think I'm still going to bet on Marvin Jones between those two. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I'm okay with Gerald Everett. I just don't I don't know that they're going to use the tight end position as a focal point of their offense. But, I mean, he could, he could see a value increase for sure. I think Kenny Galladay is really the only one that I take any sort of you know, decent issue with. The only one I have a real issue with is Gerald Everett. Troy Fumagalli is the one that, that, I mean, you, you know how I feel about that situation, but I mean, when you're getting a tight end that late, I mean, he might not, you might not even have to draft Troy Fumagalli. So, you know, it's kind of like stash him on taxi squad, see what happens, you know, give it a couple years and and see what happens there i mean maybe it maybe things don't work out with jake butt maybe they finally fall out of love with jeff hireman and uh and there's an opportunity there but gerald everett is the one to me i i just don't see a path for him i mean tyler higby's there there's just way too many mouths to feed and like travis said they they haven't really been using the tight end position anyways i don't know i i I, I don't know if he's if he's even worth waiting on. Okay, yeah. See, that's interesting. I think you know with Everett, I don't I don't expect a lot of tight ends to do a whole heck of a lot in year one. Um, and I think this was a guy who was handpicked by this coaching staff, whereas Higby really kind of wasn't. Um, so so I see that, and I feel like I feel like they're going to give Gerald Everett the knot and every opportunity to win this position. Um, and I think he's he's he has the athleticism to to do it. So. Um, I don't know. You, you know, you're absolutely right, though. It didn't seem like they used a tight end position a whole lot last year, and I think you guys both kind of nodded to that. But um, is that because Gerald Everett maybe wasn't ready to take on uh, that role? And, you know, will he be ready this year? I don't know. Um, so I think there's a lot of questions that have to be answered there, but I think the risk is pretty minimal. I don't think this is a guy that's going very high in a lot of drafts either. And I guess my approach at tight end, I'm going to load up on guys on flyers and hope that one of them pans out as opposed to spending a top pick on one of the top four guys. So that's that's kind of why he's on that there. And, uh, 
Yeah, I mean, I, I, there's a lot of people who are going to take Marvin Jones and Golden Tate over Kenny Galladay, and I think, I think I'm okay with that. Um, but again, I think to my larger point is I don't think that they have a tight end on that roster that's going to absorb Eric Ebron's targets. And I don't see Marvin Jones having more than 107 that he did last year. So I'm not sure where those targets go. And that's why my best guess is that Kenny Galladay absorbs a lot of those um, and can outperform his, you know, his past performances. So uh, that's, yeah, that's just my take though. But I, I think you guys make some good points on both those guys. I think everyone is going to take Jones over Galladay straight up. I mean, that's not really the the argument. Right now, Marvin Jones is a fifth-round startup pick. Kenny, Kenny Galladay is a seventh-round startup pick. And that's where I really have the issue is I don't think Kenny Galladay is worth a seventh-round startup pick. Uh, I mean, he could he could see higher volume. I mean, he had he had a one year, and it was 400-and-something yards. And I mean, I get it. And I, I get your argument with the vacated targets, and there's really no argument to say Jones is going to have a huge bump. I mean, his last three seasons, he's had 103, 103, and 107 targets. So that's that seems to be kind of right where he belongs. Um, and I don't know. I mean, I just feel like there's not really going to be enough volume in general for Galladay to really be viewed as you know an every week starter like lock and loaded type of guy yeah man fair enough john you got uh you got some buys you got quarterbacks yeah let me give you some quarterbacks here real quick all right i'm gonna start with josh allen and i never thought i would say that but buy josh allen because right at the moment he might be the best quarterback on that roster aj mccarron has looked absolutely dreadful heading into training camp I think that there's a very good chance that Josh Allen makes it on the field. And I did not think that until, you know, we we started hearing reports that A.J. McCarron is just not going out and, and winning that starting job the way they expected. I think Josh Allen gets on the field in year one, and uh, it might be even sooner than, than, uh, than expected. Number two, Paxton Lynch and Chad Kelly. So they're both running far behind Case Keenum right now. Here's the deal. Chad Kelly is the far better quarterback. He's. He, I think that he ends up as the backup to Case Keenum, which means, you know, one injury to Case Keenum behind this pretty bad offensive line means you see Chad Kelly in action in 2018. And then Paxton Lynch, I think at this point, the goal is probably to inflate the trade value enough to to actually get something in return for him, cut your losses, and uh, actually get it some kind of draft pick back. So he could end up on a team that you know that they managed to trick into into taking him on. So um, I think the Paxton Lynch could be uh, could be on the trade bla- the trade block, and uh, I think that you might you might end up with a steal there uh, if he ends up on a team that actually believes in him. Number three, Teddy Bridgewater, and it's kind of the same thing. I mean, he ended up on a roster with the New York Jets that is just a little crowded at, at the quarterback position, and I think they might be looking to trade Teddy at this point. There's not a whole lot of reason to do it, but, I mean, if you can get something back for a guy who's not going to see the field for you, it's going to go McCown straight into Darnold, and, you know, somebody loses a quarterback during the preseason – you know, Teddy Bridgewater is a very cheap option who could walk in and start and give you a fantasy relevant quarterback this year. 
Number four, Josh Rosen. This is just, I, 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 I should probably, I, I'm getting a little sick of hearing myself say it, to be totally honest. But Josh Rosen, to me, you start him from day one. I and I would not be shocked at all to watch him in training camp outperform Sam Bradford and take that starting job. I think he gives them the best chance to win and I think that there's a very good chance that you see him as the starting quarterback for the Arizona Cardinals in week 1 of the regular season. Number 5, Derek Carr, and this is this is just I think that he's going to look very good in the preseason. That's all this is. It's just kind of a kind of a hunch that they're going to be able to make him look probably better than he is. I don't hate Derek Carr the way most people do, but I am not very excited about him, but I think that if you buy him now, his value is going to increase uh, throughout training camp in the preseason, and then uh, and then it's the time to sell. But we'll get to that later. And number six is Nick Foles, and it's kind of the same thing as Teddy Bridgewater. The first team that comes along that you know the starting quarterback gets injured, and we need a replacement, you know, possibly for the whole season. I think that uh, that there are some trade offers for Nick Foles, and it might be the Philadelphia Eagles that need him. It's very possible that Carson Wentz isn't ready to play just yet, and that's why Nick Foles is still on the roster right now. They haven't made a trade yet, and uh, they need him to start the season, and then he becomes very attractive trade bait. Yeah, I don't really hate that list at all, to be honest with you. Um, it's I, a pretty, I really like... It's a pretty gross list. <laughs> I, yeah, I, I think you said it though with with uh, with my receiver list. I think the first thing that you said, Travis, this is what I I think of is that this these are dirt cheap options for the most part. I mean, Derek Carr might cost you a little bit of something, and Nick Foles might too, and Josh Rosen obviously will. But Teddy Bridgewater, Paxton Lynch, Chad Kelly, uh, Josh Allen. I mean, those are guys that I think you could probably get for a very reasonable cost. And uh, and so there's there's a lot on here that I kind of like, and I also think that. You know the upside of Josh Rosen and Nick Foles could be way greater than than what you would pay for him. So the only guy I would, I, I guess, I would you know steer clear of is Derek Carr. And I understand why you say that you would buy him um, because you feel like in the preseason he's going to look good. Um, but it's just not a guy I want to get stuck with. You know, if I buy him <laughs> and uh, and you know he looks good in the preseason and I can't sell him for more than I bought him for man, I'm not going to feel good about going into week one with that guy. So that's that's just me. I don't know I don't know if you guys feel differently. If you guys are going to buy him, he's going to look good in the preseason, and you guys would feel ready to roll with him. Um, so that's that's just my thing is that I'm not a huge Derek Carr fan, and I'm really um, discouraged by what, what you know I, I perceive John Gruden is doing over there. So, uh, But other than that, I like the list. I, I really do. I like a lot of the names on there. I think Teddy Bridgewater might be – might be that 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 silver lining type guy like you said john where he ends up somewhere uh late in the year you know or week one or week two someone gets hurt and he ends up being a starter somewhere he could be a guy that you get for next to nothing that could be a good number two fantasy quarterback for your team so man um i think teddy bridgewater might be my least favorite name on this list um i think i I just i think the nfl showed us what they think of Teddy Bridgewater during the free agency period. I mean, nobody wanted him. He signed very late for a very small amount of money. 
Um, he's very, very cuttable, and I, I don't know. I just don't know that he's done enough recently to for for any team that has an injury to their starter to trust to to trust to trust Teddy Bridgewater to come in and, and start for them all year long um, and be any good at it. So I I don't know about that one. I like the um, the Chad Kelly pick there. Uh, Paxton Lynch I'm okay with just because I can see our show sheet and I know you're going to talk about him again in a little bit here, John. <laughs> and uh, Nick Foles, I, I like that idea as well. Um, Derek Carr is probably not cheap enough for me to buy and then try to flip. Um, it's possible for sure. I mean, you're totally right. He could look good um, in this Gruden offense, I suppose, and you might have a, a sell-high window there. And then obviously Josh Rosen's, you know, hashtag the Rosen one. So not touching Josh Allen ever, never, never <laughs> Josh Allen. What? Yeah. Yeah. I'd rather not, but it, the, <laughs> <laughs> the, I guess the point is that these guys are all going to appreciate that's at least the theory, but we'll sure. see. Yeah. And that makes but, sense. And that's, yeah. Yeah. I agree. Guys, ffstatistics.com, AKA the Google of fantasy football is live and every stat you need to make roster decisions from the draft through the championship is all here in the massive database at ffstatistics.com. Weekly fantasy points per game, career fantasy finishes, redraft ADP, coaching tendencies, QB targets, defensive patterns. It's a stocked warehouse of fantasy stats. And now you can gain the ultimate advantage with a premium membership for the 2018 season with the start-sit tool, redraft trade analyzer, defensive data, and weekly updates to player consistency and weekly scoring. Go to ffstatistics.com and sign up for a premium membership for access to these game-changing tools. Memberships are $1 per week, $5 per month, or $10 for the entire year. So you can't afford not to get your membership and prepare for total domination of your fantasy leagues. That's at ffstatistics underscore on Twitter and ffstatistics.com for your analytical advantage. All right, let's get to the second half of this. The other uh, the other three Super Sixes, and uh, let's start selling some guys. And back to you, Travis, with some some uh, some sell candidates. And we're not going to go by position here. We're just gonna we're gonna go ahead and mix it up and just get rid of all the guys that you want to get rid of. At least six of them. Yes, indeed. So these are either players that I feel are are being valued too high right now. Or just players that I think could see a significant decrease in value pretty soon here, like within the next few weeks. Um, or I'll, I guess I'll just get into it. So Jordan Howard is is my first one here. These aren't in any particular order. Um, obviously, Jordan Howard is the first one I thought of because he's not very good. Um, no, he's he's a good runner, but I just feel like he's he's valued as this top like. 12 to 14 type of running back right now and I, th- I feel like that will no longer be the case uh, a couple months into the season I feel like he's just going to be super inconsistent he's obviously limited to you know um, early down work and yeah I just don't think he's going to be valued as any sort of high value um, dynasty asset pretty soon here number two is Robbie Anderson 
And I say this only because he is surprisingly high in um, in ADP right now. If let me, I should I had this up a second ago. Um, he's he's a eighth round pick in a startup draft right now, and he has not. He's had like one stretch of games that were that was any good. He's he could still face league discipline potentially uh he i mean all of his legal stuff is behind him but he could absolutely face discipline from the league still and he's being valued like he's the number one receiver on the jets and i just think that that depth chart is completely wide open any one of those guys could end up being the guy there i don't know why we're thinking it's robbie anderson uh so i'm all about not i'm all about getting anything you can for that guy um next we've got lamar jackson and I know, so it's hard to say to somebody to sell a rookie that they just drafted. Um, the reason that he's on here, though, is because right now, according to DLF ADP, he's QB 14. Yeah, okay. <laughs> you got me on isn't board. That cr- isn't that crazy? That's way too high for a guy who isn't Dude, going to play for a while. I was shocked. That's shocking. He's the 14th quarterback taken in Dynasty League startup drafts. Like, what the hell are you thinking? That's insane to me. He was a end-of-the-first-round pick who's blocked, and we don't even know if he's going to be able to play. I mean, he's a, he's a dynamic player for sure, and if he gets on the field, he's going to have fantasy value because of what he can do with his legs. But we don't know that he is a franchise quarterback by any means, and to have him above... I mean, dude, he's above Jameis Winston, Drew Brees, Dak Prescott, Matt Ryan, Mitch Trubisky, Baker Mayfield, Josh Rosen, Philip Rivers, Derek Carr, Alex Smith. I mean, man, that's high. That is a, that is quite the bet to make uh, it, with QB fourteen for Lamar Jackson. I just think that's crazy. My next my next sell is OJ Howard. He is tight end nine right now, and I just don't see where that is going to be able to return value at that price, where he's going to be able to return value at that price in that offense this year. I mean, I know it's we're not playing redraft here, so, I mean, you're taking him for the career upside. I understand that, but he's a second-year tight end who is sharing a workload with another productive tight end who's done it before and an offense with a quarterback who has a bunch of question marks and they have a bunch of other weapons around them. I just don't see how he is going to be even a weekly startable guy uh so not on board with oj howard at tight end nine uh number five sell for me is donta foreman and i just think this guy might actually not ever be fantasy relevant again uh he's still somehow being viewed as the handcuff to lamar miller and he tore his achilles He's probably going to start the season on the pup list, and he might not ever be the same guy. I I just, I mean, we're drafting this guy pretty high, and he could literally be a zero for you forever. (laughs) Like, that's within the the range of possible outcomes. Um, So, yeah, sell Donta Foreman. I don't get it. Uh, Number six is Kenny Stills. Kenny Stills' value right now is inflated, I feel, because people hate Devontae Parker, and the natural tendency if you are if you hate Devontae Parker is to just go to the next guy and that's Kenny Stills. And he's I mean he's a 
fun player. He's a good player, but he's a sporadic as hell player. And he's not the type of guy that is going to be able to demand a consistent target share to where he's going to be, you know, a weekly option for you. Um, I think he's just going to be super inconsistent. He's going to have some big games, but he's not the number one receiver on that team. And he's not going to be consistent enough to where you're going to feel comfortable throwing him out there. So that's it. Where are you guys at on these on these guys? Yeah, I, I think with a few of them, you kind of won me over. I, Jordan Howard, I, I totally understand. Obviously, you know, you've you're, it's well documented, your, your issues with Jordan Howard. <laughs> um, if you can get what you can get for Jordan Howard, I think he's still valued to where you can get something that you're going to value higher, Travis. So I totally understand that. Um, Robbie Anderson was a guy who I didn't think was going as high as he apparently is. Same thing with Lamar Jackson. So I can get on board with those two. The one that I have a bit of a problem with is O.J. Howard. And again, you know, this is a guy who we've seen, what, a, a year from. I mean, we just, we haven't seen a lot from him. And I feel like he was, a, 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 for a, a good reason, he was a highly touted prospect, a guy who came came out of college as a, uh, a tight end that could do everything. And I just don't, I don't have high hopes for tight ends in their first years. Um so I, I do, I, I mean, I do understand with Cameron Brait there and with, you know, some of the other offensive weapons and some of the questions around there that maybe O.J. Howard, you know, might take a little bit longer to develop. But I also feel like, you know, if you're going to try to settle down Jameis Winston, if you're going to try to run an offense with Ryan Fitzpatrick, you should probably preach that safety valve type thing like O.J. Howard. So, um I, I still think that there's hope for O.J. Howard. I, I really like him as a tight end. I think athletically he's 10 times the tight end that Cameron Braid is. I just think it's taken him a little bit to get everything. I mean, not only do you have to learn the the, the pass-catching playbook and the route-running playbook, you're also learning blocking uh, assignments and techniques. There's a lot to learn at the tight end position. Um, and so I think it takes a little bit to, to kind of get that fantasy um, impact that you're going to get out of them. But I think the upside is greater than some of the guys that are going ahead of them. And if you look at that uh, that ADP there, I mean, what kind of upside are you going to get from Kyle Rudolph? I mean, he's at the back end of his career. He's going to be 29 when the season starts. Trey Burton is at tight end six. He's done nothing um, really to earn that spot. Um, you have David Njoku, who didn't really show anything more than O.J. Howard did. Um, so, I mean, there's there's some question marks. Hunter Henry is ahead of him, and Hunter Henry, obviously, um, is, is I mean, you're not going to get anything from him this year. So um, And then the guys right behind him, you know, guys like Jimmy Graham, Greg Olson are guys that I, I couldn't put over Howard um, in Dynasty. You know, I, I don't think I'd take them over O.J. Howard in Dynasty. So I think that's the only one that I would take a little bit of issue with. Other than that, I, I think you won me over on a couple of these, Travis. Man. So can, I, um, OJ Howard, can you guess how many um, career touchdowns he had at Alabama? It wasn't very many. Uh, no, yeah. They, when they get close, I mean, especially with some of the the, uh, the the running backs they had, they they tended to run it in an awful lot. But no, I don't know. Okay, fair enough. So he it's seven over four years. Um, mm-hmm. What's his? Can you guess what his highest single season? Um, reception yardage was uh no i don't i don't know that either any blind blind guess like what would be a good college tight end season you think (sighs) boy um i don't know i'll guess i'll guess 380 yards wow that's really low guess (laughs) 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 i I wouldn't have one year with 600 yeah nice okay yeah 
602 yards and two touchdowns was his best career, his best season. Yeah. Which yeah, I know, the, I know tight end college stats are like nothing. You can't even compare them to anything, but it's just interesting. He's not, you know, he wasn't a super elite producer at the college level. Um, anyway, we, we talked about en- enough about him. I just, I'm not going to make that bet. I understand where you're coming from though, as far as not giving up on a second year player. Um, I just feel like, you know, sometimes these guys aren't ever going to turn into, you know, an elite fantasy option, even though he's going to be a fantastic NFL player for a long time. I mean, yeah, and he, he might not. And that that's the thing is that, you know, his athletic profile, he profiles in the 87th uh, percentile with his spark score and his best comparable is Greg Olson. <laughs> so, I mean, if you're looking at that, you know, that's that's interesting. Spark but score. Someone came, I think, and, and switched me and James's bodies <laughs> <laughs> a body snatcher I, I, came he's and just, put me into. He's just body. trying to. He's just trying to play to his audience. I think right now. There you go. You just me, you nailed it, John. I was yeah, just yeah, gonna yeah. say. I, yeah. I, I've he's learned how to. to I've learned how to Travis speak, Howard and so that's why I'm trying. He's to, trying to speak. I'm your trying language. to come at you at a different angle here. Is all you know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Cool. I, so I mean, if the argument is that OJ Howard is never going to become anything, then I I think I I would disagree with that. But as far as the sell window, I'm absolutely on board with that. I think he's a little overvalued considering what that offense looks like right now. But I think there's going to be a buy window, maybe even as soon as, you know, the end of this season. Totally fair. All right, James, your turn for some sells. Can I ask you real quick? I'm sorry. What do you guys think about Donta Foreman? I I actually feel the exact same way as you. I'm I'm nervous. Okay. I don't know that I it's hard to come back from that Achilles injury, man. I I don't know that he's going to do it. I'm so I'm with you. It, it's really tough because there there have been players that have. I mean, McCullough Shore had that and he came back and he even though McCullough Shore wasn't, you know, a, a high caliber player, he came back and, you know, from it didn't seem like he felt any ill effects when he came back. So there it, it's happened. But it's not something I'd be betting on, so I, I agree. I think I'm I'm to the point where he's going early enough that I'm not going to 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 try to try to acquire him. And you're probably better off selling him because you could probably get more than what he's worth in my eyes too. So no, I I kind of agree with the two, Travis. Okay, cool. I just wanted to make sure I wasn't on an island there because I'm still seeing a lot of hype for him, and it just it boggles my mind. Yeah, yeah, there is. There's there's still a lot out there. So, um, all right, so I'm going to go to my cells, and I totally, totally expect to be met with a lot of, um, a lot of resistance on my cells. So, let's let's just let's just go with that. My uh, my first cell is Marvin Jones, um, and here's the thing with Marvin Jones. Look, last year, okay. So Travis, you kind of you kind of mentioned it a little bit when we were talking about Kenny Galladay. Marvin Jones, his past three seasons has had 103 targets 103 targets and 107 targets over the past three years so his targets went up four total targets okay last year was the first year he eclipsed a thousand yards with 1101 receiving yards he averaged a whopping 18 yards a catch 18 yards a reception second in the nfl um he was second in the nfl with that only to keelan cole who averaged 18.4 um, and it, it's it's by far the most that he's ever had. Um, so I mean it's it's an outlier season. He also had nine touchdowns, 
which, I mean, I, the previous two years he had four on very similar amounts of targets. So for him to be able to match that, he either A, has to be insanely efficient again, which I, I think I, I think the odds are probably against that, or B, his volume is going to have to go up immensely, and it has never been higher than what it was last year. So I don't, I don't know that that happens. I don't know that he sees increased volume. I don't know that he continues the efficiency that he had. So for those purposes right there, I don't I don't know that I can buy Marvin Jones. I think this is the guy that I'm probably selling. I don't think that he matches 1100 yards and nine touchdowns. If there's somebody that values him as a, you know, a high-end wide receiver too, I'm dealing him for that. And I don't know that there are a lot that are, but I I've I've seen some crazy values for him to where I I think I would explore, you know, explore moving him. So that's why he's a sell for me. Um, moving on, though, uh, to the next name on my list, it's Rex Burkhead. Um, I like Rex Burkhead as a player, so this one really hurt for me to put down. But analyzing that New England uh, you know, situation at running back, they drafted Sony Michelle early in the first round. They're obviously going to use him. Um, they also signed Jeremy Hill, um, so they're going to use him. James White is that, I mean, that's the guy that Tom Brady trusts. I'm, I, hey, look, Rex Burkhead proved that he could, he could fill the role last year, especially in the playoffs, but James White's the guy that's been there. You know, he's been there, he's done that. I feel like Tom Brady, if, if push comes to shove, you put in James White and he's comfortable with what James White can give him. So I just don't know what Rex Burkhead's role is going to be. I think he's going to have some games that are fantasy worthy, but good luck trying to guess which games those are. And um, I think that could be really sporadic. So for me, I'm going to sell him just because I think there's a lot of guys who are willing to buy him at this point. Uh, next name is Chris Ivory, and I think we know kind of what's been going on with LaShawn McCoy, the kind of the rumors that are going around as far as some of the allegations of him being involved in some sort of uh, dispute um, and some sort of physical um, altercation potentially, and I don't know what his role was, but it, it, it doesn't look good. So um, there's a chance that you know some of that off-field issue could, uh, could hurt him on the field. Um, so here's the thing, though. I don't know that anything comes of it. And right now is the time that LaShawn McCoy owners are panicking. If I have Chris Ivory and I'm not a LaShawn McCoy owner, I'm going to go ask for an awful lot in return for Ivory. See if that owner's panicking. If they are, I'm going to move Chris Ivory because his ceiling is going to be right now um, before before we hear word of anything. Um, if LaShawn McCoy does get does get suspended, maybe his value goes up a little bit. But remember, at that point, um, you know, there could be guys on the waiver wire that look like they're going to be more valuable than we ever thought that they can try to replace him with. So now's the time that I would try to sell Chris Ivory. Um, Next name on my list is Sammy Watkins. And I know there's a lot of people that are really high on Sammy Watkins. I am not one of them. Um, If you look at... uh, um, Dynasty League football. If you look at the ADP, um, he is the 20, 21st wide receiver going. Sammy Watkins is going ahead of guys like Jarvis Landry, Alshon Jeffrey, Golden Tate, any of the rookie receivers like DJ Moore, um, uh, Calvin Ridley, Christian Kirk, um, guys like that. Um, and here's the thing with Sammy Watkins. Sammy Watkins has been in the league for four years. He's had one season over 1,000 yards. He's had two seasons under 600 yards um, receiving. So, I mean, yeah. <laughs> I just don't know what you're buying. I mean, the last uh, the last time he was, you know, in 2015, three years ago, is the last time he had hit over a thousand yards receiving. Other than that, I mean, in 14 uh, in in eight games played, he had 430 yards. Then he played 14 games last year, he had 593 yards receiving. I mean, I just 
I don't know what we're getting with Sammy Watkins. He hasn't played a full 16 games since, uh, since his rookie season. Um, I just think there's safer options out there that just have a, as high of a ceiling, guys, that are going um, under him, like Jarvis Landry, like Alshon Jeffrey. I mean, those are guys that have the same ceiling in my eyes than Sammy Watkins, and I feel like ever since he made the move to Kansas City, a lot of people are even higher on him now. So uh, now now is the time I would sell him. Uh, my sell number five is Evan Ingram, and I think it's really interesting, Travis, because you and I kind of kind of discussed O.J. Howard a little bit, and Evan Ingram to me was the tight end that stood out in ADP. He is uh, currently the fourth tight end off the board in ADP. I understand he's really young, and last year was his rookie year, but he's going, on average, two and a half picks behind Zach Ertz for the third tight end. He's coming awfully close to passing Zach Ertz in ADP. Um, and I, I just, I, I think that's too high. I, I really do. I feel like here's another team that has a whole lot of options uh, in the passing game. I mean, Sterling Shepard was good last year. He's still young. You have Odell Beckham. Now you have Saquon Barkley that's going to be competing for touches. I don't know where Evan Ingram fits in all this, and I don't know that his numbers are going to be that much higher. So this is a guy that I'm willing to sell right now. You could probably get a small fortune for him because there's a lot of Evan Ingram truthers. Um, I guess the way I approach tight end is kind of kind of plays into this too. Um, I don't I don't you know uh, go for those top tight ends. Uh, last name on my list, Patrick Mahomes, and another one. You know uh, we went to quarterback. You're absolutely right, Travis. That Lamar Jackson thing stood out to me. But so did Patrick Mahomes. Do you know Patrick Mahomes is the eighth quarterback in ADP right now? He's going ahead of Jared Goff, Kirk Cousins, Matthew Stafford, Marcus Mariota. I mean, there's no way I can justify taking that guy based off a of one career start. Um, I, I I don't know what you're buying. I, I definitely feel like I know a little bit more with guys like Kirk Cousins, Matthew Stafford, Marcus Mariota, um, you know, Guys like that, I feel like I know a little bit more of what I'm buying. Even a guy like Mitch Trubisky, I've seen a little bit more of. So um, I, I think Patrick Mahomes, if you're buying him now, you're buying him at his absolute ceiling. I think I would sell him um, at quarterback eight. Um, if he's a mid-level you know, starting quarterback, uh, mid-level quarterback one in Superflex, I, I think I'm selling him and I'm getting everything that I can get in return for a guy that's valued that highly. So um, yeah, I totally expect you guys to kind of tear me to shreds here. So uh so go ahead. Well, um, I, w- I wanted to pick Evan Ingram, and you had already taken him. So totally on board <laughs> with that with that take. Oh, there. nice. Okay. And I've, I've said it before. I mean, I feel like we've talked about him before, and it's just I, I don't think – I mean, I think his, his production last year was inflated due to situation. He was – there was a stretch of games where he was the only va- – like – he was the only guy left. Uh, and, you know, I mean, he did okay in the other games too. He had a fantastic rookie year, obviously. But, yeah, I mean, you've got all these what, these weapons coming back and you're adding Barkley. And I just think there's no way he matches what he did last year. Um, you're just wrong on Sammy Watkins. So we can just yep. keep going on that one. <laughs> yep. um, Tyreek Hill's going wide receiver 11, bro. Oof. I mean, yeah, I, I yeah. should go change I, I, my cell list and add him in there. That is <laughs> nuts. Um, you know, Tyreek Hill also only has one season above 1,000 yards, and he has one season below 600 yards. Did you know that? Out of what, two seasons? Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yes, that's what I was going to say. Yeah, I mean, that's <laughs> it's a little it's I'm a little saying, too James soon drew to say. the, the arbitrary yardage lines, and I just he fit right in there, so I had to throw yeah. that out there. Um, I'm, I'm on board with, 
selling Chris Ivory right now. Um, Burkhead, I don't know, man. I mean, Jeremy Hill probably isn't going to make that team. And I don't know. I mean, I think I think he could have a stretch of games where he's the guy to, that you want to start in, in New England. But I don't really love relying on any of them um, for any extended period of time. And then I'm okay with I'm okay with the rest of them. I think it's a good list, except for Sammy Watkins. <laughs> okay, I can deal with that. I thought I was going to hear about uh, Marvin Jones, Sammy Watkins, and uh, and Evan Ingram from you, but I was surprised you were on the Evan Ingram bandwagon with me. So that's that's good to know. You don't ever listen to me, anyways. So it's that's not surprising. I'm sorry. What? <laughs> nice, nice, nicely yeah. done. Yeah, the the one that I wanted to have a problem with is Chris Ivory, but I can't do it. I he's and it sucks because he's been my favorite sleeper running back this entire offseason. But there's no way that Buffalo goes into the the regular season willingly with Chris Ivory as a running back one. If LaShawn McCoy if if we get a resolution the Jets did it. Well, yeah, I mean that was it was that was different. Chris Ivory was he was young and spry and But he's, he's your favorite. You love him. Oh, I love Chris Ivory, but I mean nobody's gonna nobody's going to be okay with him as their running back one at this point in his career. And in his life, he's just he's he, those those days are gone, unfortunately. Um yeah, so I mean if we if we get word that LaShawn McCoy is is getting suspended like james said i mean they're gonna pick somebody up and i think that you probably are looking at a timeshare it it even could be you know it could be one of the castoffs from you know detroit or new england who i mean they're just so deep that they could that guy could who didn't even make their roster could be the the starter in buffalo so as much as it pains me to say it chris ivory is probably at the height of his value right now. Wow, man. Okay. I, I yeah, I did not expect as soon as I said Chris Ivory and Rex Burkhead, I thought John was gonna try to physically <laughs> throw something at me from from Colorado to Wisconsin. But um yeah, okay. Well I, I'm know, I'm pleasantly surprised with that. It's good to know that John's loyalty runs super thin. <laughs> yeah. to these guys <laughs> yeah. yeah it's, it's good to know that he is he I, he approaches this with an open mind travis and can be swayed well i mean if you put it opinion. that way i was just trying to open-minded is not a not a term that's ever been applied to me before so I oh like that's that. for sure uh, yeah, there we go it's more <laughs> like as long as i'm on the island by myself i'm happy the second it starts getting overrun that's when I'm I'm ready to move on to the next one. Oh man, we got a lot in common, John. I didn't I didn't realize yeah. this. Okay, very yep. nice. Yep. Yeah, I want to be the only one buying that guy. All right, my turn, and I'm gonna. My guys are guys that you want to go ahead and hang on to throughout the preseason, and then sell them before the regular season because I, again, I think they're going to look good enough in training camp and in the preseason that they're going to their value is going to appreciate enough that uh you can you can sell them for quite a bit more than what they're worth right now and quite a bit more than what they're going to be worth after a week or two into the regular season. So I'm going to start with Chris Godwin. And I mean it, this is this is 
purely based on the, on what we saw last year from Ryan Fitzpatrick. I mean, the I, I guess the idea is Chris Godwin looks like the wide receiver too throughout the preseason against vanilla defenses, and then we get into the regular season, and Ryan Fitzpatrick is just going to he, he's not going to be able to find any of his receivers. Maybe there's an opportunity when Jameis Winston gets back, but I'm not so I'm not convinced that Jameis Winston is going to be that much better either. I think that this is just kind of an offense in turmoil, and I think that the only guy that you really want at his current value is Ronald Jones, and beyond that, the rest of these guys are just going to disappoint you. Oh, gross. (laughs) Yeah, I had to throw that one in there. We've just been agreeing a little too much this episode. so I guess so. (laughs) Number two, Kenyon Drake. And this, to me, just looks like a running back by committee. And I I don't even know that Kenyon Drake is the one to get the lion's share of the, of the workload on a weekly basis. I think that he's going to look like it. He's probably going to look like the workhorse throughout the preseason. But once it's time to actually win games, I think you're going to see a lot more Frank Gore than... <laughs> then you'd really like to as a Kenyon Drake owner. And I think Kalen Balazs is also going to be very involved. Kenyon Drake, to me, looks like a like a running back three, disguised as a high-end running back two. Number three is Rashad Penny. And it's this is, this is it, guys, for me, is the fact that Chris Carson is so electric. I don't know how you keep him off the field. And I don't think they're going to be able to. I think that Chris Carson knows the offense, and uh, I think that he's he's just going to play his way into into a workload um, that's going to keep Rashad Penny off of the field. Number four is Elijah McGuire, and that's another pretty crowded backfield. I know that you know it looks like maybe McGuire could be the pass catching back, but while Powell is still there. Um, Isaiah Crowell to me is the lead back and it's going to be kind of hard to take him off the field as well. I just don't see a path for Elijah McGuire. Number five, I'm going to come back to, I'm going to cheat a little bit. I've got two quarterbacks, but I'm going to come back to both of these guys. I called buys right now. As soon as the preseason's over, they'll though sell Paxton Lynch, sell Derek Carr. Both of them are going to look a lot better in preseason than they than they actually are. They're going to their ADP is going to rise. Paxton Lynch is going to find himself in a situation where he actually, you know, he actually fills a role on a on an NFL team, and it's fool's gold. It don't don't buy into it. Um, get rid of these guys while you can. And then number six, and again, this is just a stir of the pot, Allen Robinson. Um, I I think that in the preseason, what I'm looking for from the Bears is the idea that this offense is going to be explosive and that there are a lot of fantasy points to be had, and it starts with Mitchell Trubisky throwing the ball to Allen Robinson. And I, I don't think it's going to play out that way. Once these teams start playing their actual defenses once they actually put in their their defensive playbooks i don't think that the chicago bears are going to do nearly as much on offense as we currently think interesting john i i think uh 
I think I'm I'm okay with most of the list there. I Allen Robinson I'm really on the fence with, but I tell you what, his his ADP right now again on DLF um, dot com uh, is he's going as wide receiver thirteen. So I mean you're drafting him as a as a really either a low end wide receiver one or a high end wide receiver two. Mm-hmm. I think I'm more I, I think I'm more in line with him as a mid range wide receiver two. Yeah. To maybe a late, so yeah. I, I guess uh, you know going ahead of guys like Adam Thielen and Doug Baldwin, I don't know that I'm on board with. So I, I guess I'm I'm kind of there with Allen Robinson. I I I, I could see selling him. Um, same thing with those quarterbacks. I mean, I expressed my you know uh, kind of my thoughts on Derek Carr when you had him as a buy. So I, I like that that you have him as a sell as well. Um, Elijah McGuire, I'm good with uh, Rashad Penny. I think I'm good with. Top two names on your list, the first two that you went over, though. Chris Godwin's a guy who I, I really feel can um, – this year might might be a breakout candidate, and I'll get to get to why at the end of this episode. Um, so I won't go into that too much further. And then Kenyon Drake is really interesting. You're right. Um, there's some risk there and where he's going. I don't know that um, – you know, that I – I don't know that I love having to, to give up what I'd have to give up to get him. But at the same time um, – you know, man, you look at what he did the last half of last season. He's really good. Um, if he can continue doing that, you know, or he gets an opportunity to be the bell cow, I think he can really um, turn some heads. The problem is, is I just don't know if that's going to happen. So we'll we'll kind of see. I mean, I, I, I think that's a risky uh, kind of a, a, a high ceiling, high, uh, high ceiling, low floor type guy that uh, either you're buying the high ceiling um, or you're selling because of the low floor. So I, I'm kind of on the fence with that one. What do you think, Travis? Uh, so Godwin, I'm okay with um, just because of the way you explained it, John. Your your reasoning made sense. Um, I think that he could be a solid fantasy option, you know, years or, you know, maybe next year when Deshaun Jackson is out of there. But um, Kenyon Drake... I am okay with as well. Rashad Penny, I'm okay with as well, but that's because I don't believe in Rashad Penny. That is that has nothing to do with Chris Carson. Um, I think Chris Carson is going to be an afterthought, and I know we disagree wildly on that one. You're, Chris Carson's your boy. Mm-hmm. Um, you said he's a he's an electric player. Is that what you said? Electric, an electric playmaker. I think that's what I said. That's definitely what I meant. I just I don't think that's true. I think he's a solid. I think he's a solid runner, but he's not—he's not, he's not going to take hold of that backfield by any means. Um, I think Rashad Penny. I think the the move with Rashad Penny is to wait until you're a couple weeks into the season, and he's getting 20 carries a game, and then sell him. Um, hmm. But we we can differ on that. That's fine. Elijah McGuire, I literally have zero opinion on. Uh, <laughs> Paxton Lynch and Sorry Derek Carr. Sorry to bother you. Yeah, I mean you're you're forgiven. Don't do it again. <laughs> Damn it. Uh, <laughs> I'd rather talk about Thomas Rawls, but uh, Paxton Lynch and Derek Carr, I'm cool with. Allen Robinson, you're just wrong. I mean, Allen Robinson is amazing and he's awesome, and you're both wrong. And Ugh. I'm on board the Allen Robinson train, Ugh. dude. If Blake Bortles, so like sometimes gross. it's not hard, guys. It's not hard. If Blake Bortles can give Allen Robinson a 1400 yard season. Mitch Trubisky can get him to 1,100 yards. Uh, I don't know. I don't know about that. I mean, 1,400 yards. I think that's why he's being drafted so high is because we've seen the upside, and he's still only 24 years old. I mean, he's one of the younger, 
you know, high upside wide receiver ones in the league. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, my problem continues to be the fact that we don't know for sure what Mitchell Trubisky is going to be. That's number one. Number two, I mean, keep in mind that quarter yeah, but that's of this my season, point is that the bar was set so low. Like we know the talent level of quarterback that can produce a good season out of Allen Robinson. Like, well, Trubisky okay. doesn't have to be that good. Allen Robinson's going to be a target hog on that offense. It's going to be like a DeAndre Hopkins last or two years ago type situation where even if the quarterback's crappy, he can just throw it to this guy over and over and over. Well, and that's my second point is I don't, I don't agree with that because I mean, keep in mind at a quarter of the season, like forget the rest of the schedule, you know, for a fact that for a quarter of the season, Allen Robinson is going to be shadowed by Darius Slay and Xavier Rhodes. Yeah, I don't really, I don't really let that kind of stuff bother me very much. Well, that's how you end up with crap like Allen Robinson on your team. <laughs> oh, Allen Robinson is crap. Okay. <laughs> John, you don't even have to argue with Travis right now. He uttered the phrase, I would rather talk about Thomas Rawls <laughs> on the podcast. As soon as, as soon as that phrase entered his, uh, exited his mouth, he, he lost all credibility. Listen, and that, listen that's it. the phrase was not Thomas Rawls is going to be anything. I just would prefer to have a conversation about that person versus this other person. That's all. They're, neither okay, one of them is going well, to be useful. Um, well, yeah, but one of them is at least going to make the 53-man roster. Right, Thomas Rawls. Thomas Rawls won't. <laughs> so... <laughs> No, it wouldn't surprise me at all if Rawls didn't make the roster. That was more of a joke, obviously, than anything. But it just was my example as to how much I didn't want to talk about Elijah McGuire. <laughs> Man, yeah. Really, nice. really kind of shamed me on that one. So, all right. Well, no, he was on your cell list. It's all good. Yeah, and I made you talk about somebody that you have no interest in talking about. <laughs> Can we just talk about Christian Kirk, please? How's that? Bo- <laughs> yeah, there it is. There it is. Man, we we it's made it almost an hour without his name coming up. That's, that's pretty impressive. It was way too long, yeah. <laughs> All right, one last segment. We got to bring back your nuts. So uh, let's, let's do some uh, training camp bold predictions. So let's start with you, Travis. Show us your nuts. All right, so this one's probably pretty crazy. Um, Kalen Balaj will cut his ADP in half by the end of the preseason. Right now he's being drafted 136th overall. And let me just do some quick math here. (laughs) 136 divided by 2, 68 overall. Uh, which is a fifth-round pick, which is pretty nuts. Um, yeah, that's, yeah, you're nuts. <laughs> but is right now, Ken, Kenyon Drake's a fifth-round pick, and I just think that there is there is a situation in which Kalen Balaj could blow up the preseason Amir Abdullah style and just come out there and just, you know what I mean? Like, just mm-hmm. rattle off some crazy runs, and he... Fifth, fifth round's probably insane, but I could see him absolutely going from 136 into being like a top 80 or 90 player for sure, easily. Yeah, possibly, just because it really only takes one long run to do that this time right. of year. And so. people are so like sketched out by Kenyon Drake anyway. Like his his value is so volatile, like you know what I mean? It, it mm-hmm. his Kenyon Drake's value could plummet 
the second anybody senses that he's that his job is threatened. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, well, it's not like Kenyon Drake is locked in. Yeah, but you're you're preaching to the choir. I mean, I just said to sell Kenyon Drake, so I right. I just but I mean I just think that Kalen Balage is is pretty much locked in as the pass catching back, and I don't know that there are really any pass catching back like third down backs that are going to go that high. So yeah, I'm gonna, I'm going to say you're nuts, even though I really don't hate this one. I just think that. That's that's a little too ambitious. That's totally fair. And I'm not even saying I disagree with you on that take as far as what his role is going to be. Hmm. I just think that he could he could have some big runs and his value could jump. Yeah. Like even and and he's big enough. Like his his frame and his his like athletic profile is like screaming three down back, but we know that that's probably not going to happen. So I just think like if he has these big runs, people are going to go look him up and they're going to see, wow, this guy is 230 pounds or whatever. And they're just going to assume that he could take that job straight from Kenyon Drake, you know? Yeah, totally. Also, that's the exercise here. So to really go out on a limb. So you're nuts, but uh, you're supposed to be. Yeah, and I I, I totally agree with uh, with John's take on this. I think, uh, I think he... Here's the thing with Kalen Balaj though is that he is such a good receiver like like he he they could actually line him up in the slot. I mean, he could have value as as a pass catcher even not out of the backfield. I mean, he is that that good at at catching the ball out of the backfield, but he he's that good of a pass catcher. He can run routes. I mean, he can do all that stuff to where I mean, he might be a third down back, but they especially in Miami, I mean, they might be better suited putting him on the field and splitting him out wide in some sense. You trying so, to tell me that he's um, going to take work from Danny Amendola and Albert Wilson? Because I don't buy that for a second. Yeah, yeah. Well, um, <laughs> you got two I, elite options. I hate there. to go so bold. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But I, yeah, I, th- I think they might be better suited with him on the field. Not to mention the fact I could see Miami trailing in a lot of games this year. Um, to where, you know, the pass catching back is pretty prevalent there. So I, I agree with John. I don't think it gets that high as high as you were saying. Fifth round to me is, is a bit rich, but I could definitely see him going to the eighth round, something like that, you know, to where his ADP is is uh, cut pretty significantly. So, yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't hate it. I don't know that that happens by the end of the preseason, though. But, uh, but yeah, I, I could still definitely see him increasing. So I'm with John. I think you're nuts a little bit, but not. I don't hate it. All right, James, show us your nuts. All right. <laughs> Guys, Deshaun Jackson will be cut before the start of the season. Um, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers owe him $11 million. They would save $3.5 million by cutting him. Um, I think, hey, I think we're all on board that Chris Godwin's going to look good in the preseason, right? If he does look good enough, Tampa Bay can save money. They cut an aging option. They free up some time to play Chris Godwin and to start him. So I think there's a good chance that Deshaun Jackson will be cut before the start of the season. What do you guys think? Am I totally off base here? Uh, I don't think it happens. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, there's a difference in there's a difference between saving three and a half million and then and taking a seven and a half million dead cap hit, and that's what they would be doing also. He, you know what I mean? His his cap hits eleven. If they cut him, it's still seven and a half million dead cap. Yeah, yeah, and I guess I guess it, it really 
if Chris Godwin outplays him, though, are you going to keep Deshaun Jackson as a aging wide receiver three? If you know, depending on what you have, I mean, if you if you have another option that you're comfortable with out of the slot, I mean, you can save three and a half million for a guy you don't plan on using. Um, I think you do it, especially because you could probably bring him back at a cheaper price if if need be. Um, so I that's that's my argument. But um, okay, it's I, possible. I but it. you're nuts. <laughs> All right. All right, John, am I nuts? Uh, you're you're probably nuts, although it might be for a different reason. Um, you might just be looking at the salary cap different than than what the Tampa Bay Bucks are going to do. I And I think that's kind of the point that Travis was making. But Because I called this two weeks ago on Tinderflex because I said Justin Watson is going to make Deshaun Jackson expendable. And... Uh, um, Travis took the time to meticulously go through the cap numbers and uh, make sure that I was wrong on that one and uh, to go ahead and crucify me yet again on my own podcast. So, (laughs) yeah. So for that reason, I think that you're probably nuts, um, but that's just uh, that's me kind of the dog cowering in the corner after I got hit with a rolled up newspaper. (laughs) <laughs> you're seeing me do the same thing you got you got smacked on the snout with and uh you're telling me don't don't do it man don't do it but all don't right, rub your I nose in it, it. <laughs> i got it right here guys i got it <laughs> all right john show me your nuts all right trey quinn is this year's kenny galladay and essentially the uh the idea is last year kenny galladay as good as he looked in the preseason and I mean, he started off the regular season pretty strong too. And this that that part could happen with Trey Quinn. But what I'm really looking for is just a convoluted mess at the wide receiver position in Washington, as far as the first teamers go, as they try and build that chemistry with Alex Smith, and then you see the second team come in and Trey Quinn just abuse second string defensive backs, because Trey Quinn to me belongs in the the rotation is one of the top wide receivers on that team and he's going to have the luxury of like i said playing against some some absolute losers in this preseason i think that they're going to make him look really good the tough part is figuring out what to do with that yeah i think you're nuts i don't i don't think Trey Quinn's going to be anything do you know when he was drafted john uh, what was it? Fourth, seven point three eight. He went in the seventh round. Ugh. I think that might be Mister Irrelevant. Wasn't he Mister Irrelevant? He was. Yeah. He was Mister Irrelevant. Oh, nice. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Huh. So I here's here's the thing with that though is that yeah yeah I mean they I, I first off if you if you can predict who the Mister Irrelevant is who's going to be Kenny Galladay mm-hmm. rather. Um, in the preseason, you deserve a medal because that <laughs> that guy just comes, dude. Like AJ Derby, like that that guy came out of nowhere, and everyone was talking about him because of his preseason. Like, that, if you can nail that guy, that's pretty impressive. But my, my main problem with it is, if if he does perform at a high level, he's probably doing it with Kevin Hogan as his quarterback. Mm-hmm. And I, Kevin Hogan to me is a guy who's really good out of the pocket and running around and scrambling and. You know, I, I saw him a lot in Cleveland, and I don't know that that's the guy. If he can make his way up 
to the second string of receivers. If he can make his way up to like wide receiver four on the depth chart and he gets Colt McCoy, I think he might have a chance to turn some heads. But um, I still think you're nuts because trying to call the next Kenny Galladay, that that guy that's going to come out of nowhere and turn a bunch of heads is really hard to do. Um, as much as I like Trey Quinn, I don't think it's him, man. I think you're nuts. I think it's going to be – I think the next Kenny Galladay is going to be Trey Quan Smith. Nice. I like uh. that. I, I, I hope you're right. I own that guy everywhere. <laughs> well, at least he said a name other than Christian Kirk for once. So that's. But we all know it's going to be Auden Tate. Oh, there God. we go. There Christian we go. Kirk's going to be too valuable to be Kenny Galladay. Yeah. No, nah, that's that's probably true. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he yeah, gets to catch passes under... at least for a couple games from Josh Rosen. He'll be he'll so. be the next Cooper Cup, but better. I just mean as far as a value, like a rookie season perspective. Nice. Auden Tate's going to be right there with that Juju Smith-Schuster oh, season God. too. So he's going to be there. He's going to be right there with that CJ Uzoma season. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, seriously. We we've kind of started a new routine, a new ritual of uh ending the show with Auden Tate um with an Auden Tate debate. The great Auden Tate debate. Oh nice. Yeah. And Travis with the Auden Tate hate. <laughs> <laughs> James with the Auden Tate masturbate. It's great. <laughs> <laughs> all right so let's Sorry. wrap it up there for the week <laughs> and as we wrap it up we're going to ask you for a quick favor to please rate and review the podcast wherever you're listening and to subscribe to the podcast wherever you listen to podcasts as well but those ratings and reviews that really helps us out it helps us to improve our content and our reach so we can involve more people in the conversation and touch on more topics that are meaningful to you, the listener. And uh, in the vein of listener act, listener interaction, first of all, you can send us your trades on Twitter, at SuperFlexShow, and we can help you get more retweets, more comments, more votes, and sometimes even talk about them here on the podcast. But second of all, we've got a very special occasion coming up in two weeks, episode 50, which is a milestone number, but it also is it also marks our one year anniversary. The happy birthday to the Superflex Super Show podcast. And uh, we want to do a listener uh, a listener question episode. So send us those questions. And uh, as I mentioned earlier, that also enters you and gives you a chance to win that two QBs draft guide uh, for two quarterback in Superflex leagues. So definitely send us those questions. You can, uh, you can send them to us. You can either tweet them at us, DM us, or email us. So it's at SuperFlexShow on Twitter and SuperFlexSuperShow at gmail.com for the emails. In the meantime, you can follow Travis at TravisNFL. James is at underscore JamesTheBrain. And I'm at SuperFlexDude. And thank you to 2QBs for donating that that draft guide that we can uh, give away to one lucky listener. Thank you to the entire family of, of podcasts at DLF and uh, the check out the, the master feed as well. So you can hear all of this, the DLF podcasts all in one place, all in one feed. 
including the Superflex Super Show. Thank you to Heart and Soul Radio for the song The Addiction that we use as our intro and outro music. And above all else, thank you to each and every one of you for listening. Until next week, stay sexy and super flexy. Bye. Yeah.